Hope everyone's having a great afternoon. Uh, honored to be with you guys today. It's been a while since I've been able to come and be with you all. And uh, Kyle gave me a call not too long ago and asked me if I'd be interested. And of course I would. So uh, thanks for having me. Uh, appreciate the invitation. And um, I look forward to studying with you a little bit this afternoon. I hope it's beneficial for all of us. Um, I know I enjoyed putting this lesson together. It's not a new one. But uh, it's a good one, I think. I like it. I've got a funny story for you at the beginning, so I think you'll enjoy it. If you want to take your Bibles and open them to Luke chapter 12, that'll be our first scripture. Um, but before we get to Luke chapter 12, I would like us, or I would like to tell you a little bit of a story. Um, it's been about two years now. Um, I was scheduled to preach in Paris, Kentucky, uh, High Street Church of Christ. Maybe you're familiar with it. Um, and... It was probably the Thursday before, you know, a few days before, and I was thinking, uh, you know, get my lesson together uh, for that coming Sunday, and I was actually at a church building, uh, pr practicing it, going through it, and I just, I didn't feel that prepared, uh, and I'm, maybe Kyle can attest to this, sometimes when you are preparing lessons, you just don't feel that confident about one, you know, maybe... You just don't feel like, it, maybe it's missing something, you know, and you just don't feel that great about the lesson. That's kind of how I was, and I was just thinking, you know, I'm running out of time. I've got to get this lesson pulled together, or I've got to pick a new topic or something so that I can feel better about this lesson for Sunday. So I texted a preacher friend of mine um, just for a little bit of advice. I told him, you know, I'm struggling with my lesson for Sunday. I need a little inspiration. You know, what do you think? And, you know, a few minutes go by, and he texts me, and he says, uh, four words is all he says. He says, "Why should I care?" And I was like, "I was like, wow!" I was like, "That's rude!" I was like, "I can't!" I was like, I "Couldn't believe he said that to me!" And I was like, really upset about it. I was like, really had my feelings hurt. And uh, <laughs> a few hours go by. I never texted him back or anything like that. He gives me a call, um, and I answered. And I said, "Look, you're busy. I understand. You know, whatever." And I just hang up the phone. And I was really upset about it. I was not happy um, at all. Well, I go to bed mad, you know, wake up Friday uh, the next day, and I'm going through my morning routine, I'm checking my email, and I look at my email, and there's an email from this preacher that I had texted the day before. Um, and I open up the email, and there's a link, and I click on the link, and it takes me to an article, and the article is titled, Why Should I Care? <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, I felt so bad, I like, called him back and apologized. And uh, the article was about, you know, why should we care? about God, and why should we have faith in God? I mean, it was a really good article, um, and so I, I, I started thinking about that question, you know, why should I care? Uh, why should we as Christians care, or not even Christians, just people in general, why should uh, we care about God? And that's kind of what I want us to think about uh, this afternoon, you know, why should we care? You know, we do a lot of things as Christians that set us apart from the world, and it can be easy to just start going through the motions and not really think about why we're doing it or what it means to us. You know, when it comes to God, God's people, and God's Word, there are people every day all over the world asking themselves that very question, you know, why should I care about God? Especially those who aren't Christians, but maybe they're, you know, they're thinking about spiritual things and they have that on their mind, they're thinking, why should I care about God. You know, people are asking, why should I sacrifice? Why should I care to sacrifice for and serve a God that I've never seen? Or maybe they're asking, why should I care to devote, you know, several hours of my day on Sundays and on Wednesday nights? Why should I dedicate that time 
to being around God's people and studying God's Word. People ask themselves that a lot. Why should I care about hungering and thirsting after God's Word when it's thousands of years old? And because the world does not know how to answer this fundamental question, there is a decline in faithfulness uh, throughout not just our country, but through the entire world. And, you know, they may think to themselves, you know, I just, I, I can go through the motions, but I don't understand why I'm doing it. And though that's a question that people in the world are asking, make no mistake about it, there are people in churches just like this, sitting in pews just like those, asking themselves the same question. Even Christians who are here all the time, they ask themselves that same question, why should I care? And though they may continue to come to services and participate in Bible class or do this or do that, you know, their care meter, if you will, is slowly falling. It's slowly falling because they don't know how to answer that question. Why should I care? You know, there may be, you know, you have teenagers who are Christians all over the country, and they may be thinking, you know, you know, I've got school going on, and you know, it's summer break, I'm, you know, I'm free to do whatever. Why should I take the time to care about God? Or maybe there's someone in the middle stages of their life. And, you know, they work and they struggle every single day to make sure they're providing for their family. Maybe their life's just not shaping up the way they thought it would. And they think to themselves, you know, I've got just so many challenges in my life. So many things that I have to think about and set my mind on. I don't have time to think about God or His Word or His people. You know, why should I care um, about those things? And... You know, a lot of people are distracted and are pulled away from God because they are unable to find an answer to that question. So, like I said, this afternoon I would like for us to think about and look at reasons why we need to care and why we should care about God, God's people, and God's Word. But even before we do that, I think it's important for us to discuss and think about why we don't care if you don't care. If you do care, then maybe this doesn't mean anything to you. But for those who are struggling with that question, you have to ask yourselves, well, what's keeping me from really caring about God? So that's what we're going to start off with on this afternoon. I asked you a minute ago to turn to Luke chapter 12. Um, And I want us to look at the words of Jesus um, uh, as he has this conversation with a man here. Um, Jesus is preaching this awesome sermon um, about his glory, about his Father's glory. Um, He's talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. Um, And right in the middle, he has his lesson interrupted, if you will, by this man. He talks to this man. So Luke chapter 12 and verse 13 says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. So right in the middle of Jesus preaching this lesson, this man's like, you know, tell my brother to divide the inheritance up among us. His, he obviously was not focused on Christ's words or the things that he was teaching. He was being selfish. And that is one thing that can keep us from caring about God. It's selfishness. You know, there's so many things that we can focus on in this world. And we want to focus on ourselves and making ourselves happy. And this man here, he couldn't care less about what God uh, wanted or what Jesus was saying. He was missing the big picture. Um, And because his vision was limited, he was only thinking about himself. So Jesus tells him a story in verse 16. It says, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and will build larger ones. And there I will store my grains and goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have, done, uh, you have many goods laid up for you for many years to come. Take ease, drink, and be merry. 
And you notice this man that Jesus is talking about in this story. He says a lot about himself, right? There's a lot of I's in there, a lot of me's, a lot of focus within himself and not on other things. So Jesus told him, um, so Jesus told him that, there, uh, that he was in for quite a surprise, you know, that things weren't going to work out maybe the way he thought. Um, he says to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own that which you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. This man in the story was selfish. He was thinking only about himself, his, himself, storing up treasures for himself on earth. And he, sees here, or he says here that this very night your soul is required of you. His selfishness blinded him from caring about bigger things, about God, about things that actually mattered. Instead, he was focused on earthly things. So selfishness, um, you know, selfishness about yourself can definitely keep you from caring about God. Let's take our Bibles over to Acts chapter 17. And here we'll see another thing that can uh, distract us and take us and keep us from caring about God. Acts chapter 17. Um, in this chapter, Paul is traveling and he sees all these idols that are being worshipped. Um, and along his travels, he sees a plaque that says, To an unknown God. And the problem for these people wasn't necessarily selfishness, but it was ignorance. And, you know, I'm not, you know, these are all things that at some point in my life have kept me from really caring about God. So I don't mean to be sound mean or anything, but, you know, ignorance doesn't mean they're dumb. It just means they don't know who God is. They're ignorant of who God is. And these people were ignorant of who He was. You know, they just didn't know God. And if you don't know God, it's hard to care for God. And even people who are Christians sometimes struggle to truly know who God is. Because they don't really open up His Word. They don't really take the time to get to know Him. Um, Acts chapter 17 and starting in verse 24. It says, God, who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He uh, worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything, since He gives to all life breath and all things. And He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and their boundaries of their dwellings so, they, uh, so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also His offspring. Therefore, since we are not all... Since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Because He has appointed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by men whom He has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising Him from the dead. A lot of people are ignorant of who God is. They just don't know. They don't understand. In, these, in this passage here, we see you know, the times of ignorance are gone. He says, God is evidence to you. you know, everywhere you look, you can see that God is real and that Jesus was the Son of God. God's glory can always be seen. And the times of ignorance are over because Jesus has died on the cross for us so that we may have a hope of heaven. 
And we know God, and when we know God and we love Him and grow to appreciate Him, that's when we can truly care about God. So a third thing um, that may keep us from truly caring about God um, is worldliness. And there's so much of it, you know, not just today, but you know, in the first century, it's not a new thing. You know, the the temptation of sin um, is as strong as ever. You can turn the TV on and you've got hundreds or thousands of TV channels to watch with who knows what on it. You know, so many different radio stations to listen to, so many different things that can divide your attention. You know, so much in this world that can distract us. You know, it just seems like sometimes there's no time left in the day. You go to work, you spend all day at work, and then you come home and you eat dinner, and by the time you eat dinner, you're tired, and it's time to go to bed. There are so many things to distract us from truly caring and studying God's Word and, and caring about His people. Let's take our Bibles over to 1 John. 1 John in chapter 2, and here in this passage we're going to see some... Uh, we see this passage talk about worldly things and the distraction that can come from them. 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 15. It says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of the Father abides forever. You know, we, when we read this verse, we usually think about, you know, sinful things. You know, like inherently sinful things, like uh, adultery or fornication or things of that nature. You know, things that are just sinful uh, by nature. And I think it is, obviously. But I think it's also including just, you know, things of this world that we do that might not necessarily in and of themselves be sinful, but things that pull us and distract us away from God. Whether it be uh, a sports that you're playing or a, or a club, a book club that you're a part of, whatever it may be, those things are fine. But once they start to distract us from heavenly, you know, eternal things like our faith in God, that's when um, they become worldly things that we need to get rid of. And obviously it talks about you know, the lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes and the pride of life, those things which are sinful. But things that pull us and distract us from God can also be sinful when we don't take the time to care about God. So those are just three things that at some point in my life um, have distracted me and kept me from really caring about God. I mean, I'm sure you could think of a list of others uh, maybe that you personally have uh, dealt with and struggled with, but those are just some for me. Um, You know, I don't want to reach the end of my life before I really understand what it means to care about God and to be a Christian. You know, I think in order for us to fully understand, it takes constant, you know, meditation, if you want to call it that, within ourselves to understand why it is that we care about God and why we want to be Christians. Or if maybe we're struggling, we need to think about why we're struggling um, and find answers uh, through the text and within our own hearts as to why that is the case. But to end our lesson this afternoon, I would like for us to look at three reasons why we should care. You know, we just looked at three reasons uh, that might distract us from caring. So let's uh, end our lesson by looking at three things um, that should make us care. And the first one is, God cares for you. (laughs) And He cares for me, and He cares for everybody. Uh, Before you even brought onto this earth, God showered you with love and care. 
You know, we sing that song, because he first loved me. You know, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. And that's the, and that's the truth. He has loved us from before we were born. And we are, you know, we were raised by our parents, and we are nurtured by our parents. Um, as we get older, what do we try and do? We try and do the same to them when they need help. And as we grow in our maturity as Christians, we need to grow our love for Christ and love for God in the things that we do. And our love should be reciprocated back to God. And God cares for us, and that is one reason why we should care for God. So let's take our Bibles to 1 Peter. And this is just um, one example here of, of what we're talking about. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. through 1 Peter 1, 3-9. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory uh, at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, or whom having not seen you love, um, though you though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your souls. We see that, I mean, this is, what, six verses, and it's full of a lot of stuff that God has done for us. You know, He saved us from our sins, you know, before we were born, and through our faith, you know, which is much more valuable than gold that perishes away or anything like that. It is the most, it is the greatest thing that we possess, our faith in God. And God saved us because He loved us. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Peter goes on in chapter 5 um, you know, and talks about how God cares for you and how He cares for us. And sometimes we just need to put the world on hold and read verses like this that talk about the overwhelming abundance of love that God has shown to each one of us. Um, and that can be one encouragement, one way to encourage us um, to really care for God. Another reason that we should care is, uh, you know, God's people, your brothers and sisters, they need you. (laughs) We need each other. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's been a point in my life where um, I wasn't attending, you know, worship services as often as I should. And it was, you know, when you get to points like that in your life and people are coming up to you and they're like, oh, we miss you. Like, where are you? You know, (laughs) When you're in that moment in your life, you're like, oh, I wish they'd just leave me alone. <laughs> but when you look back, it's not necessarily because they're getting on you, but it's because they miss seeing you. And your presence is an encouragement to them. At least when, you know, if I mention that to somebody, it's like, hey, we miss seeing you at worship services. It's coming out of a, a place of, I miss you being here. Your presence is a true encouragement to me. And yes, you know, for your own well-being, I want you to be here. But, you know, there is a little bit of selfishness to that. You know, I miss my brothers and sisters when they're not around. We go through so much in this life. 
whether it's being yelled at at work by your boss for making a mistake or whether you know it's getting cut off in traffic and someone yelling at you whatever it is in life you know that causes you a little bit of stress all right to be around people who love you and you know aren't going to do that kind of thing to you and that are going to treat you well we need that to get through i need that i need those people in my life to help me get through um, difficult days we need each other to lean on and I think there's a reason God provided us with each other to get us through our lives. Let's turn our Bibles back to the book of Acts. This time, uh, Acts chapter 4. And, uh, you know, just after, you know, all these people had been baptized in chapter 2, and they're meeting together not just three times a week like we do, you know, and they're not meeting on Sundays, Sunday afternoons, and Wednesdays. They were meeting each other every day to talk with and encourage each other over their faith. Um, and when Peter and John were threatened by the government, um, and then they were released, I want us to notice what the first thing that they did after they were released um, from jail was. So, Acts chapter 4, and let's look at verse 23. It says, When they had been released, they went, on their, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they had heard this, they lifted their voices to God. You know, if disciples of Christ who witnessed His resurrection, who had witnessed all His glory, if they still needed encouragement from each other, they needed to immediately go to their brothers and sisters and lift their voices to God in song, then I'd say it's okay to admit that we need that encouragement as well. You know, we need to see that these guys needed encouragement just as much as we did, and God gives us our brothers and sisters um, for that specific reason. And finally, uh, turn your Bibles back to 2 Peter chapter 1. You know, why should we care about God's Word? You know, I'm, it's because it benefits us. <laughs> 2 Peter chapter 1. The Bible is designed to make you a better person, to get you um, better places eternally, to give you hope and to give you purpose. So 2 Peter chapter 1 and starting in verse 4. Or I'm sorry, starting in verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant, uh, and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has been given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through lust. He says here, you know, we've been given this divine power, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory. The Word of God provides us with all things that we need so that we can be partakers of the... Uh, of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that fills this world. We need to care about the Word of God because it is going to help save us. It is going to give us the knowledge that we need as Christians to make it through this life. Um, it has everything pertaining to life and godliness um, and righteousness. And look how it's described here um, in verse 19, if you want to flip over a page. It says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in dark places until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. It's a powerful, powerful tool for all of us 
And as Christians, we need to really dive into it and really appreciate it for what it is. Because without it, we would not have the knowledge of God. We would not have the knowledge that Jesus Christ died for all of us. Um, Affection is a response to an understanding of the glory of God. I think that when we truly come to an understanding of God's Word, it's going to drive us to do uh, things, the things that He wants us to do, and to do them because we actually and truly care in our hearts. So if you're here this afternoon and, you're ask, and you've been asking yourself that question, you know, why should I care? You know, why should I care about God? I hope that we've covered some points that will encourage you in that. Um, or maybe you're thinking uh, to yourself, you know, I need to do better. Maybe you've been asking yourself that question for a long time and you, you know that you need to improve on your care and your, and your desire to please God. Um, you know, we've all been there. We've all been at those point, that point in life where maybe we just don't care as much as we should. And we are here to tell you that we've experienced that and we want to encourage you and we want to help you because knowing God and caring for God is a much, much better place to be. Um, than far from His presence. So if there's anything we can do for you this afternoon, I hope you come now while we stand and while we sing.